Yea, God. God is good. Amen. So good. Thank you, Father. Well, I'm excited about today, and uh, thank you, Rich. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it's uh, refurbished. It's painted. Um, welcome this morning, and um, we've been talking about if you if you haven't uh, you haven't been here the last week or two. We have been on the subject of uh, the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I'm getting straightened out here. And, um, and so today I want to take some time and specifically focus on one aspect of the gifts. So we, we, uh, we talked two weeks ago, we uh, went into the Holy Spirit. And, um, and then last week we talked about the gifts of the Spirit. And this week I want to focus on one particular gift of the Spirit, which is a personal, I don't know if I have a favorite gift but the gift of tongues. And I want to talk about what does the Bible say about tongues. And I'm probably preaching to the choir this morning, but um, still I think that when you dig into the Word of God, and, and, uh, you know, how many are just thankful for for the Bible? The Word of God. Isn't that amazing? You know, and um, I tell you that what we know about the Gospel really is because uh, we have a written account of the things uh, that Jesus did and said, and um, and the entire story of creation of the Bible, and, and really it's God's story on earth. And um, I'm thankful for the Word of God. You know, when you get into the Word and and you read it for yourself, um, it, it's so it's just it's feasting, it's spiritual food, you know. And uh, I don't know if you do this or not, but you know when you get in there, just we just we tune ourselves to the Lord. We get into the Word and we say, "Holy Spirit, reveal to me what you are saying." Because the Bible says that all Scripture is God breathed. Amen. And so some people have uh, you'll hear some conversations out and about on the fringes where people sometimes will not, uh, you know, maybe don't have a high value for uh, the Word of God as a foundation. But the truth is. Whatever you believe to be true, um, you know, not everything that God does is described in this Bible. So God is not constricted by what He's already done. Uh, but one thing's for sure, He never says or does anything that's in contradiction to what He has already revealed. And so God never changes. God never changes, but... There are always there are always deeper and deeper levels uh, of understanding that we can have, and and ultimately we're not even just feasting on the Bible, but we're actually feasting on God. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And um, and there's something about hunger. How many are hungry? Come on, there's something about hunger that God responds to, and um, and really. When God, when 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 uh, Jesus speaks in Revelation, when he has, when he when he points out the things that he was taking issue with with some of the churches, one of them was that they had lost their first love, that there was a, a lukewarmness, and and really lukewarm could be described as a loss of hunger, a loss of active desire and passion. 
We're kind of like what Fenton said, you know, where we can, it's not just, you know, it's not like you're lukewarm because you get into a routine for a day or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. But, uh, but, but it is that thing that, that Fenton sort of alluded to and mentioned there that, um, that we can find our comfort in our routines in life and things that are, are, that we're used to every day. And it's amazing that we find comfort in things that can change in a moment, but to us they seem, you know what I'm saying? They seem stable. And then all it takes is like the power goes out for a few days, like we had with the fire, and you just realize how fragile everything that you put your trust in really is. Isn't it true? I mean, the lights go out and we're like, what do we do? You know, I mean, and so it's important that we have our trust in a foundation that cannot be shaken. And so inconveniences may come, but your life doesn't shake because what your, what your life is built on cannot be shaken. And, and that foundation is this word, the word of God. God himself. And, um, and so uh, we're going to talk. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your mighty presence today. We thank you for your power among us. That you are not just a feeling or a tingle or goosebumps. No, you are God. You are living. You are God. And, and, and we thank you that God is among us. And, um, and if we're born of the Spirit, we know that presence inside of us. That peace and power that abides within us. That abiding anointing. And we thank you for the joy of abiding in you. And we ask today for your spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest on us in this place. Ah, we thank you, God. We thank you that you release your messengers, your angels among us to minister in all the ways that you see that we don't even know we need, but yet we can sit in your presence. And God, we thank you that you're always doing more than we're currently aware of. So we, we raise our expectations this morning. And, uh, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And we say help. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I remember there was a... Donnie Moore was a youth evangelist that impacted my life when I was a teenager. And that was his great prayer before he preached every time. He said, let's pray. God, help. Amen. And we'd we preach. And uh, I love Donnie Moore. What a champion. Well, I'm going to do a little recap. I want to say, you know, the promise of the Holy Spirit. We talked about uh, in the last two weeks, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Right? It is for everyone until when? Until Jesus returns. <laughs> until we're caught up with Him in glory. And, um, and, and some people will say, like, well, I mean, there are those out there that would say, well, the gifts and, and, the, and the baptism of the Spirit ended with the apostles. And I can't understand how you'd come to that conclusion if you've read the Bible. And, um, you know, and I made a joke, like, uh, you know, it's like, everything about God, the story, the story of creation and the story of mankind is ultimately about God's desire for people that can share a relationship of love with Him. That He can speak to, that He can reveal Himself to, and, and that there can be this exchange of love. And that's what He lost in the garden, right? And then so the story of creation, or the, sorry, the story of the Bible, really the story of mankind, is God from that day pursuing mankind. And He said, I won't be without it. 
I won't be without them. And I won't lose. I can't lose. And, um, and so, and, and when you read the Bible, when you really look at the story from front to back, what you see is God moving closer and closer and closer. And he's gotten so close that now he lives inside of us. You know, because the fulfillment of Jesus' declaration to, to, to his uh, disciples was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. He said, the Holy Spirit, who is now with you, but will be in you. Isn't that amazing? And so, it's amazing to see that what the disciples were doing, they were casting out demons, they were cleansing the leper, they were, they were seeing all kinds of diseases healed, everything. Demons listened to their, when they, they, they were casting out devils, demons had to obey the name of Jesus. And you know what's amazing? All those things were happening, and that was just with the Holy Spirit with and upon them. They had not yet been infilled or baptized, as we call it. They hadn't received the promise of the Father, right? And the promise is given in Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. It's amazing. Those are the days we're living in. And, and we talked about how Peter stood up at this great outpouring on the day of Pentecost, as we, as we call it. And, uh, and, and he stood up and he said, this is what was promised by the prophet Joel. And, um, and so he was saying, this is the promise. And, uh, and then he went on to say, it's for you. It's for your children, your children's children, all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call to himself. So really, it's silly to me to think that someone could think that has ceased because God is still calling people to himself. <laughs> so, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Amen. So good. Huh? Yay, God. And, uh, and so, there will be a day that gifts do cease, and, uh, and, but that's when we're caught up into glory and we're living in the fullness. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have resurrected bodies, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be living for eternity, right? And that's where every tear will be wiped away. And uh, isn't that amazing? We're going to have glorified bodies. We're going to need glorified bodies just to handle the level of glory that we're going to behold. So we don't just vanish. And um, so those are good days. You know, we are created to gaze upon God. Amen. How many are thankful that we didn't join a club? But we were born of the Spirit born of the Spirit of God. And um, Acts 1 says, we, 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 it was last week that we mentioned that uh, Acts 1 says, you, Jesus said, you will receive power. This is after he rose from the dead. And be- right before he ascended into heaven, before the eyes of his disciples, right? He was caught up into the clouds. The clouds covered him over, right? And then remember the angels, the men in white, stood next to them. And he said, why do you stand here gazing? And, um, and, uh, but Jesus said, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And we, we met, I mentioned that, um, you know, I grew up in, uh, thankfully, I'm thankful to grow up in a church that had uh, Pentecostal, as we call it, it Pentecostal foundations born out of the Pentecostal movement. The Azusa Street, you know, Frank Bartleman, really it was all over. Uh, in different parts of the planet, um, uh, where the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's when the gift of tongues actually was restored to the church as a whole. And uh, really amazing, isn't it? And, um, 
it had been lost for a while, at least as far as we knew. I suspect that there were fires burning. I, I, just, I actually believe that, you know what, fire just spreads. The way fire works is that it's, well, we've seen enough of that in the natural, haven't we? And, um, but the way fire spreads is that you touch the fire and then it spreads. And, and so a flame was kindled on the earth at the, at the day of Pentecost. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, I came to set fire in the earth. And how, I came to cast fire upon the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. And, um, and it wasn't a fire of destruction. It wasn't not, it's not that kind of fire that he was talking about. The fire of God's spirit. That's power and love. It's God himself. And, and it's amazing, isn't it? And, and you know what? You could say, well, Jesus came to what? Reconcile us to the Father? It's true. But really what you hear, you know, I've become more and more convinced that Jesus' ultimate mission was that we would be one as he and the Father were one. And the way that is accomplished is by the gift, the promise of the Spirit. Powerful, isn't it? It's key. It's key. And I just want to declare to you that I believe there's days that are coming among us that, that, that being born again and being baptized in the Spirit won't really be events that are separated by much time. You know, because Paul said, what, Paul met a group of believers in Acts 19, was it 10 or 19? 19, I believe. And he said, um, 10, 19 was Peter, I think. I have it written here. And, um, but, uh, but he met a group of believers. They said, we received Christ. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It was the first question. And so ultimately what he's talking about is not did you join a club, but have you really received spiritual birth from God? And so it, becoming a believer is not actually something that we can even do in ourselves. Because think about it. You know what? If you were born again, what did you do to be born? You did nothing, right? Your parents had something to do with it, and then your mom carried you for nine months, and you were born. You couldn't choose to be born or not to be born. And so we must be born again, the Bible says. And, uh, and being born again is actually a work of God. Isn't that beautiful? And really, Christianity, for some, has become, you know, kind of turned into another list of rules to follow. But it's not rules that he was giving us. It was life. It was relationship. It was that we would live in constant connection and communion with the God of all creation, the one true God, the only God, and, and who sent his only son, who, who showed the world what God was like because he took on flesh and he lived among us. Amen. And so the baptism of the Spirit. And, what, and the point that I was making there was that I grew up in a church where they said, have you been baptized in the Spirit with the evidence of tongues? And that's what we were taught for years. The evidence of being baptized in the Spirit is that you, that you speak in tongues. And if you're new here and you don't know what I'm talking about, speak in tongues, what does that mean? That sounds weird. That's okay. It would sound weird if you heard it the first time. I understand that. And um, we're going to get into it. But when you look into the Spirit, tongues is a gift of the Spirit. And I used to think, yeah, you need that. And I still think, why would you be without any of the gifts of the Spirit? We're going to get into that in a minute. But the evidence, the true evidence of being baptized in the Spirit is power. 
Because that's what Jesus said would happen. You receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. Isn't that amazing? Is that like new to anybody? It's been there. It just never hit home for me until recent studies when it really hit me and I realized it's power. And it's interesting because I spoke in tongues as a teenager. I received the gift of tongues as a teenager where I spoke in an unknown language to God. And, um, and that was powerful. And I did experience God. But, but Jesus said, or, but John the Baptist said, there's one coming out for me who is mightier than I because he was before me. I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And I'm not going to build a doctrine around this about saying the Holy Spirit and fire, but I will tell you there's a reality here that I personally have experienced, and I'm sure many can testify to, is that there was this experience that I had with God where it was like it seemed like a baptism in the Spirit. I did receive some gifts. But later, when I was 20 years old and I had fully surrendered to the Lord, He'd gotten a hold of me. Right? I can take no credit for that. He'd pursued me. He'd gotten a hold of me. He'd revealed himself to me. And it, was, and it was in that experience that I realized, now I know what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Because what Jesus said would happen, did happen. There was power on my life all of a sudden. And I saw it when I, when I spoke to people. Like sometimes when you're sharing with somebody... An unbeliever, somebody that you're working with, like I would begin to share the gospel with them, or sometimes just have a word and just begin to speak to them, and and I, and there's this you can feel this anointing when it's on you, and it arrests people, and I saw that begin to happen, where they would just stand and listen, and it was like they they're arrested. I'm like, I, you know what? I, that I don't have power to do that, but the Holy Spirit does, and. And not only that, but it's power for miracles. It's power for healing. It's power for purity. It's power for boldness. But the evidence that you've been baptized in the Spirit is actually power. And the word in the Greek is, is the word dunamis, where we get like dynamite. It's an explosive power. Amen. Isn't that amazing? And so that was my testimony, that it changed my life. I got a new boldness. And, um, and, and there was... And he said, and you'll be my witnesses. And that was another thing that followed that power, is that I suddenly, I suddenly wasn't sharing Christ because I should, as a Christian, should do the Christian duty of sharing Christ. You know what I'm saying? It was because it was more like Jeremiah. It's like fire shut up in my bones. I cannot contain it. And, you know, and, I, and I would get people at work and they'd go like, I had a guy at work tell me, he's like, you know, it's like whatever we start talking about, you end up turning it into about God. <laughs> and I'm like, I totally do. That's what life's about. And, um, and so he wasn't bothered by it. He was just an observation that he made. And he didn't even know the Lord yet. Um, John G. Lake mentioned that, you know, he, he took issue with a fellow minister that he knew because he said he, he observed that they had a way and, and I wouldn't see this as a negative, personally. Um, I'd be glad if somebody received the gift of the Spirit. But he had an issue with um, that they were, he said, somehow this minister is able to get people to speak in tongues without a real display of power. And so this was the thing about John G. Lake. He's like, I love that you're speaking in tongues. Where's the power? 
And, uh, and this is a man who walked in power and, and saw great miracles, you know. And um, one time there was a hypnotist in South Africa, and, uh, and, he, and he was a well-known hypnotist, this guy. And, um, and so, uh, I don't know, I forget how it came about, but basically John G. Lake, um, and he was, uh, he was around the turn of the century, like 1900 and around there. Um, and, uh, which, by the way, he ended up later having healing rooms in Spokane, Washington. And, yes, amen. And by, and by secular, new, by secular uh, statistics, it was declared the healthiest city in America because of the amount of miracles and healing. It actually happened. It's amazing, isn't it? And, um, and so he challenged this hypnotist to a, like a showdown. He goes, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's see whose power is greater, your hypnotism or my God. And, and so, uh, so he, he gathered this bunch of people together, and they were up on a platform, and he, and he said, you go first. And he let the hypnotist do his thing, and he did his thing. He had some kind of power working in him, a demonic thing, and, and he was doing his thing. And, um, and John G. Lake was like, all right, that's enough. And he cast the devil out of the guy and he couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> you know, but don't you love that the way God wins a showdown is by saving the person who's entrapped? Isn't that amazing? Like God's not looking to shame people. He's looking to deliver them. And, uh, and, and so people are not enemies. There's only one enemy. Anyway, moving on. Um, we made the observation that um, that uh, when the when the law was given to Moses, right? We, we talk about the old covenant and the new covenant, right? Amen. And so when the law, and, and again, this this is so cool. I'd never had uh, really realized this before or thought about this. But when the law was given to Moses and to the people of Israel at Mount Zion, at uh, Mount Sinai. Um, God spoke to one people that he had chosen from among the nation, the Hebrew people. And he said, I choose these people. And, and he spoke their language, Hebrew, so they could understand him. And then, so at the Old Covenant, he spoke to one, one nation, one people in one language. And then at the outpouring of the Spirit, where, where basically it was, it was the birth, the, 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 consummation, if you will, the promise of the Father, the mark of the new covenant, the baptism of the Spirit, it was on that day that, that those people that were gathered in the upper room spoke in other tongues that they did not understand. So they spoke, so they spoke the Spirit gave utterance. And, and there are 15 languages that are listed there. And all these people from all these 15 different regions who had 15 different languages, said, how is this? Aren't all these men Galileans? How is it that we each hear them in our own language? And so some people say, well, maybe, like, they, they were speaking, but they were, they were speaking other tongues, but these people understood it. They said, wait, I know that language. That's my language. And, and he said, oh, and they're, they're declaring, like, the glory of God. And so, and so again, it's it's interesting to me that really when you see that 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 is actually a sign that the new covenant is that God is for all people in all nations and He's speaking everyone's language. Isn't that amazing? It's 
powerful. It's powerful. And, uh, you know, when there was a great debate about whether uh, the Gentiles should be involved or, or allowed in um, to this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, do you know what's amazing? Do you know what the deciding factor was? It wasn't doctrine. It wasn't Bible verses. It was that when Peter was speaking to them, the promise of the Spirit fell on those Gentiles that he was speaking to. And that was when Peter was like, what in the world? This is for everyone too? It's for everyone now? And so that, when he went back and had the conversation with the other apostles, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was actually the deciding factor about who was in and who was out. And they found out everyone's in. Whoever wants to be in is in. Isn't that amazing? And so you can see that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's, I mean, really it's kind of everything. Because it's God. It's not a, it's not a thing. It's not, a, it's not an upgrade. It's not the XLP model of Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got the power windows. You know, and then someone else, like, I wanted to save money. I just went with the crank. God's like, there's only one version. It's, a, it's born of the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit. And, and I'll be as close to you as you'll let me be. And I'll give you as many of my gifts as you would like to have. But I'll never, you, you don't have to have them. That's the thing about gifts. You can't earn them, but you get to choose if you want to receive them. Beautiful. And the good thing about that is that, you know, on one hand, gifts are not a manifestation of character. You don't have to have good character to operate in the gifts of God. And that is so frustrating to so many Christians. You know, it's like, it's like you know what I'm saying? Like, I saw you smoking a cigarette. That can't be a good prophetic word. You're like, well, yeah, actually, it can. It's, it's, it could be the word of the Lord. And, and surprisingly... There could be worse going on, and it could still be a good word. Much worse. I don't think anyone... Anyway. I was going to say, I'll just say it. I don't want you to wonder. I don't think anybody's going to hell for smoking a cigarette. But, um, no, I mean, I'm sure of it. You know, um, uh, but I do believe you don't want to be mastered by anything. It's God's desire that we're all free. And, and so, um, that's important. So that's the thing about the kingdom of God. It's... It's not about like, no, no, wrong, bad. It's like the promises of God are yes and amen. It's life. It's relationship. How close do you want to be? And so really, the, and we're going to get into the gifts that we're, we're talking about this here, but, but sadly, you know, um, sometimes believers get into what we call legalism, and then we look to the Bible really to find out what we shouldn't do, what the guidelines are. Yeah. That is not how we are called to approach the Word of God. Yes, there are clear things in the Bible that, that clear things up for us. So we don't have to wonder if it's bad. Do you know what I'm saying? And I love that. However, I would say the true approach to this book with the revelation of the Spirit is not to find out what the guidelines... Yes, you, you need that. But it's more about, forget that, it's like what is available to you. So we're trying to, you know, some people argue about, like, when is tongues okay? And I don't know, brother, you know, and there better be an interpretation. And, you know, it's all like hardcore, you know, and it's like, you know, we just make sure there's not too much freedom going on around here. And, um, and, 
And, you know, and it's just like, no, that's exactly the wrong approach, really, when you read what Paul, what we're about to read. And so I just want to suggest that to you. It's not about what are the guidelines for this gift. It's like, what is available to me? And how much can I have? <laughs> Amen. All right, Acts 2, 4 through 11. Um, I'll just uh, touch on this. We're, we're going to get into um, 1 Corinthians 12, and then we're going to be looking at 14. Um, there's a gift of tongues that is understood by those around, okay? So we, we just touched on that. We saw that on the day of Pentecost. There is a gift of tongues, and sometimes when people are around, they understand them in their own language. That is not the gift of interpretation. It's not a gift. That's like if I was in Mexico and somebody spoke in English and I understood it, Right? That's not a great gift. That somebody speak in my language. It's easy to understand. And, um, and so that is one of the things. And so, cause I've, I've heard different conversations about tongues. So I've actually heard people say the gift of tongues is really only for the preaching of the gospel. So it's when you speak in a, in another language, uh, in a different country so somebody can understand the gospel. And th- this is really the, the only time that you would use that gift and et cetera. And, um, and I'll say, well, what we're going to find out here is that there's a gift of tongues that Paul goes into detail describing. And then there seems to be other manifestations of tongues or languages. And so again, it's not about a box that God's in. It's that like God can do anything. And remember when we talked about the gifts, we said it says desire spiritual gifts. But if you look into the Greek, what it actually is saying is desire the spiritual. Oh. So listen, you and me as believers really coming to God about these things. It's not like what list of these nine things can I have? Well, certainly there's a list of free game gifts right there available to anybody. Um, but it goes much further than that. It's like desire the spiritual. You're going to experience things in the spirit with God that aren't in any list. Right? I mean, I've fallen into deep, deep. You can call it what you want. It's not sleep, but I went somewhere. I don't know how long it happened, but when I woke up, something was different. You know? Um you know, interesting couple stories about uh, speaking in the gift of, in, the, in, the, in tongues um, and other people. Understand. I heard a story about a lady uh, who was in India. And, uh, well, so this Indian lady, and there was a temp In the temple, they had a language in the temple. So she had her Indian dialect, but in the temple they had a temple dialect, which was special, that they would use only in the temple, Okay. So this lady, who didn't know the Lord, was next to a believer who, like at a meeting, at a Christian meeting, and was experiencing uh, just under the power of God and began to speak in tongues, pray in tongues. And she was just enjoying God, right? She had no idea, really, wasn't paying attention who was around her. But this Indian girl was uh, next to her, and she listened, and she couldn't believe it because... Her tongues were that temple dialect that nobody knew except in that temple. And, and in that language, God was declaring to her the gospel. 
So again, it's like the day of Pentecost, you know. I remember in uh, First Assembly of God in Clear Lake, where I grew up, we were having these times of, uh, of, of oh gosh, just it was revival, you guys. Like, hey, we just had a couple of years. You remember that? I mean, it was people coming out of the woodwork. I don't even know how they were hearing to come, um, you know. And um, and uh, we just had time. We had a lady get out of a wheelchair at a prayer meeting one night. Just wasn't even really going after healing. A lot was going on. But one night, so there was this man who had been saved, and he had been a heroin addict for a good portion of his life. Well, God saved him. He got born again, and uh, he was completely free. Got filled with the Spirit, and he got his prayer language. So he'd been speaking in other tongues. But it was almost like uncontrollable. It was like, it was like coming like in surges. Like he was like, You know, he's like, and it was like, and it was just like this surge, and it was like nonstop. He'd be walking around the parking lot, and then like right now, like I'd be preaching, he'd be sitting there somewhere, and it would just keep going, right? And it was, it, it was kind of visibly grating on some people at some level, right? And at some level, we were all rejoicing in what God was doing in his life, but I, I could, you could feel it, you know what I mean? That some people were like, what, gosh, it's kind of an inappropriate time, you know? And, and, um, and so, eh, and it's just interesting because Paul does give guidelines, and you know about um, about prophecy and interpret or about speaking in tongues and interpretation, and but yet he sometimes works out of out of the box, and um, and so he's over here doing this, and then just when you could kind of feel the tension a little bit, right? Um, this woman, this Asian woman who started coming like within that month, stands up and she says, "My pastor was was preaching." She goes, "Pastor, excuse me, I'm so sorry." He, he's speaking my language. And, and, um, and, uh, and it was like, you could feel in the room, it was like God just justified what he was doing. You know, it was like, you know, it was kind of like, if you were offended at that moment, you were kind of like, what am I going to do with that? I mean, I guess I can't really hold my offense, you know I mean? And then she's like, and then she told us exactly what he was saying, and basically he was glorifying God. <laughs> so cool. And so that is one expression that we see with the gift of tongues, right? I had an experience. I, I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit at, at BSSM um, in this one particular time a couple years back. Um, whoa, I preached for, oh, man. So I preached for about half an hour on it, and then, and then God just began to come into the room and baptize people. Well, it was at that point that I began to... Uh, Sing, I think I was singing in this tongue. And I thought, I had been singing in that tongue for a couple of days, uh, just in a worship to the Lord, and it felt very, like, African to me. And uh, I didn't know, but it was just kind of the sound it had. So after the Holy Spirit just broke out in the place, and I thought, well, my work is done. I'm just going to dive in. And so I dove in, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, this black woman... Uh, made her way up to the front. I mean, she just, I think she might even climbed over a couple chairs and she was weeping uncontrollably and she was saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, and, uh, and I was like, wow, something's happening. But I wanted to know what was happening, but I felt like what God was doing for her was more important than me knowing about it. And so I didn't ask her. I didn't want to interrupt. And I said, wow. Well, thankfully, she came and found me. And um, later, and she said, I've got to tell you what happened. 
when you were singing in that tongue, you were speaking in a tribal dialect. It wasn't her language that she spoke in Africa, but it was a tribe in the area that she understood that tribal language. She said, you were speaking in that tribal dialect, and this is what you were saying. And she had just been asking God that day and the days before, did I make a mistake? Why am I here? Am I supposed to be here? And so God used that as a sign to tell her, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Isn't that amazing? And I didn't know that was happening. All I was doing was enjoying the Lord and allowing the gifts to flow. And so, um, yeah. And then we also know, some people would say, well, it's for speaking another language you can preach, preach the gospel. I have given that a name, whether it's actually, you know, but I would call that supernatural fluency. And, and, um, and, and that is something that also happens. I hope it happens to me. Um, but uh, there was a man um, uh, who was called to the Latin America some years back, a prophet, and he was a big deal in um, the Assemblies of God. And when he finally obeyed the Lord, he's like, I don't speak Spanish. And the Lord said, go. And when he finally obeyed the Lord, when he was getting off the plane, the first time he went, he said the first time he put his foot onto the ground, he began to speak Spanish and understand it. He got a supernatural impartation of Spanish. And so this wouldn't be the gift of tongues, but this would be a sign, a wonder, a miracle, whatever you want to call it. But it was like a gift, and it was a tongue. Right? So now we're going to get into the meat of it here. And, um, and so the gift of tongues, 1 Corinthians, uh, we're going to go to 14. Um, but I just want to remind you that we talked about all the gifts that are listed in, in chapter 12. And it, and it kept on saying, Paul keeps saying, each one is given um, as God will. Right? So he distributes these gifts, these gifts as he will. Right? And then he goes into this whole discourse where he's like, do all prophesy, do all work miracles. And he's kind of making this case of no. But then he also says, but pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Wait, Paul, desire spiritual gifts? I thought it was sovereign. I thought I was just going to get the gifts that God wants to give me. And if he doesn't want to give them to me, then he's not going to do it. So, basically, what happens is, you know, people get the gifts almost sometimes without really even going after them. Like, sometimes when people get born again and baptized in the Spirit, they're automatically prophetic. They just start prophesying all the time, right? Or they have a particular passion for prayer, right? Or they've got a gift for healing. They're like, I don't know, I prayed for that lady and she got healed. Like, who taught you you could do that? Well, I read it in the Bible, and they get healed, you know. Or, and, and so these, this is what I would say looks like when there is, it's as he will. So the sovereign gifting of God. You with me? All right. But then Paul takes it a step further in, 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 uh, in chapter 14, okay? And we're going to get into it here. He says, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy Now, I like that he pointed out a specific gift to desire because that tells me that if I wasn't sovereignly given the gift of prophecy, that I can still have it. Because God is not, God's never going to say, I want you to desire something really bad, but guess what? I'm never going to give it to you. (laughs) You can't imagine, that's not God, right? Like, I really want you to want something that I'm never going to give you. Um, No. No, because 
uh, you know, he says he'll freely give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Then he goes on. For for the one who speaks in a tongue does not uh, for the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, but it is his spirit. Uh, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Powerful. So of all the different variations of what somebody may call the gift of tongues, there's really only one. Uh, one variation that Paul actually goes into length at describing. He mentions these other things that happen, but when he begins to teach on tongues, he goes, let me tell you what it is. He, he doesn't, you're not speaking to people, you're speaking to God. Directly to God, and you're speaking mysteries, hidden things. Isn't this amazing? That God would give you a gift in your spirit that you could speak to God, and it would just be Mysteries that you're speaking back and forth to God. But the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Okay. So this is pretty much, if you're thinking like, well, tongues is for the preaching of the gospel. No, Paul is saying this is why I, you have a gift of tongues. If you, if you speak in a tongue, you edify, or you, the word edify means to build up. Isn't that amazing? Build yourself up. Now, all the gifts of the Spirit are for the edification of the body. All the gifts, and that's why he takes, which we're not going to go into today, but that's why in chapter 13, between 12 and 14, about all the gifts, right in the middle is love. And, and so all the gifts are to flow with love. And it's to edify one another, right? When prophecy becomes pointing out people's faults, Nope, that's, that's not the desired outcome. <laughs> and, um, and the truth is, you don't have to be that, that prophetic to see one another's faults. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's just laugh at that. And, um, <laughs> I mean, that's the truth, right? Uh, and, um, you know, I like what Bill says. Honor is when you celebrate who a person is without stumbling over what they're not. There's, there's, all of us have some place where you can find something that we're not. <laughs> and some of that's just about gifting. Some of that's just about journey. Well, I'm not fully manifesting Christ quite yet. And um, yeah, I'm, perfect. I'm perfect before the Father, but not before you. <laughs> and so, um, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Now, this word wish, I think it's important to see. The word wish here is not like Paul's. Paul's not saying, oh, I wish you could. I wish you could, but you can't. But I wish. No, it's not that. It's actually, I intend. This is what I want. This is what I desire. This is what I intend for you. Isn't that powerful? And so he's basically saying, I intend that you would all speak in tongues. But even more, that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. Now, interesting point here. Why are you greater if you prophesy than if you speak in tongues? Because greatness in the kingdom is determined by service. Powerful. And so you're greater if you prophesy because you serve more people. 
Tongues, you, you speak directly to God, and really it serves yourself in a good way. It's a gift from God. You know, well, how much should we speak in tongues? I don't know, how, how strong do you want to be? It's up to you. How edified would you like your spirit to be? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's amazing that, you know, the, the, I'll tell you what, the gift of tongues brings like a breaker anointing on your life. Sometimes when, when I'm just feeling like, you know, if you just need to break through a little bit, you know, I don't strive in it like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I just go like, man, I'm just going to uncap that fountain and let it flow. And, man, pretty soon, the atmosphere, and I'm walking in faith. And uh, actually, I've really noticed that there's a link in my experience to speaking in tongues and the gift of revelation. Like when you spend time with God in your prayer language, and then you walk around throughout your day, what you'll probably notice is that, boom, boom, God will be speaking things to you throughout your day. And so it's because your spirit is knowing things, speaking these mysteries that your mind doesn't even understand. But again, I love that God has equipped us to flow deeper and further than our mind can comprehend. See, the Christian life is not lived from the mind. It's lived from the spirit, by faith. And so that's why for the gifts to really flow in your life, like it is in every way with the kingdom, what it really requires is childlikeness. And sometimes what's really on the line is our dignity. <laughs> it's so true, you know what I mean? And we're like, we're, you know what I'm saying? And we've all, I've felt that before. Like, where my, I want to, you know what I mean? I'm feeling dignified and I want to protect my dignity, you know? The good news is you're only one step away from getting over that bondage. You know? And it's called, humble yourself. And, and uh, you know what I mean? And you know what, by the way, too, if you struggle with offense, it's the same step. You know, you, when you start, when you get something, you kind of just hold, you're holding it against somebody. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know what? Like, you're all rigid like that. Like, but if you just humble yourself, and go, you know what? I'm just going to humble myself. And, and I'm going to be childlike again. And who cares what I look like? Then all of a sudden it's like, yay, I'm free. I'm free. Let's keep going. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak <clears throat> to either uh, by the way of revelation or of knowledge or um, of prophecy or of teaching? Um, and then he goes on to say, like, you know, if the bugle doesn't make a clear sound, <clears throat> who, who will get ready for battle? And he talks about basically why speaking out in tongues in some settings over everyone, right? So, in other words... If we're all worshiping together or praying together, I, I have no problem and actually encourage the gift of tongues to flow. It, it's when you, I think it's when you, when you take the attention upon yourself, like if somebody was to stand up, like even if you were like in a prayer meeting and someone was to stand up and sort of project tongues over everybody else, right? And it, you know, and then it's this gift that goes forward and, um, and then, then there's an interpretation often uh, that's ready to come. And then it's basically a prophecy, which that's how I grew up. Fifty percent or maybe more of the prophecy that I saw in church growing up was tongues and interpretation. It's actually a gift that we don't see flowing very much. Tongues and interpretation, but still available. And, um, and you know, and, and then how you do that in your gatherings and in your culture, 
God gives us freedom to work those things out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but there's still freedom. All right, so, um, so verse 9, So also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are perhaps many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. Ah, it's a good word, right? No tongue, even your gift of tongues, is without meaning. Whether you know what you're saying or not, there's meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be the one who speaks uh, to the one who speaks a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. So also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Here's the guideline for the gifts. Make sure everybody's getting oiled up, built up, encouraged, and edified. That's the good word. You know, and uh, and if you're not sure it's encouraging, try it on yourself first. And, and if you're not, if you feel worse, don't give it. Don't. Um, if you feel better, there, go ahead. So therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Now I've had this experience where I'm in my own prayer time, and all of a sudden tongues just begin to flow, right? And then the gift of interpretation comes on me. And then I interpret it for myself and, and by the Spirit. And God is speaking to me through the tongues that I just spoke. So awesome. Yeah. It, there's more. So what is the outcome then? And here it is. Okay, so tongues, 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 right? So I just want to draw that connection. Immediately now he changes his language and says, by the Spirit. But it's clear that when he says pray in the Spirit, He's talking about praying in tongues. Okay? So what is the outcome? I'll pray with the Spirit, and I'll pray with my mind also. Right? Um, I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with my mind also. So you can sing in your, in your language. Which, by the way, you don't just have one. Literally, like, I have found, like, that I can distinguish in my own experience probably at least five different dialects, you know, this isn't like in a doctrine book somewhere, but I'm just telling you, you know, here's the thing. Do you realize that this entire letter, this apostolic letter that Paul wrote, was not, he was not writing this letter to the Corinthians to try to get them to flow in gifts? This is a letter because the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Corinthians and all kinds of gifts and signs and wonders were happening among them. And so there's this thing speaking out, and they're like, oh, word of knowledge, oh, word of wisdom, oh, that, that's tongues, oh, he just told us what it meant, that's interpretation. And, and literally, like, all the, do you, do you understand this? Have you ever thought of this? Like, we have a Bible now, so we read it, and we go, oh, that's available, and we say yes. But you don't have to read it for it to happen. And it, it happened here. And so what this letter is, is Paul just bringing some kind of guideline and understanding to all this stuff that was already happening. And so when you understand that, what you realize is this teaching didn't come first. The gifts came first. And then the description will follow. Let me help you with that. Now, I've experienced that too. And the Lord's given me some revelation. So let me, let me help you with that. Let me give you a clear understanding of that. And so I think that helps us understand that if we are people who are led by the Spirit, guys, what God is, good, is doing among us and what God wants to do 
here at Mountain Chapel is outside our box. It's beyond me. It's beyond us. But we get to say yes. We get to be a part of it, you know? And I've just been really like humbled and hungry thinking, what is it like to lead in the midst of something that is way bigger than you? You know, and I'm just thinking, you know, when you, when you rely on your own strength, you know, but when I really, me, okay, me, when I rely on my own strength, you know what the bummer is? I only get to experience what I can produce. It's not that impressive. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you can be smart, you can be excellent. I'm not saying, you know what I mean? I'm not demeaning. I'm just saying it's not that impressive compared to what God can do. Now, we might impress ourselves if we compare ourselves with each other, you know, because we, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe you just feel worse when you do that, you know. You're like, well, actually, you're, they're kind of better. But, but like, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, but when, but when God, God does things, it's, it's how different is it than the way we think? Well, he says if you wanted to measure it in distance, it would be as high as the heavens or above the earth. It's very different. Otherwise, if you bless in the Spirit only, how will the one who fill, fills the place of the ungifted say, um, sorry, lost my place. The ungifted say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying. For you are giving thanks well enough. I love that. He's saying, it's not Babel. No, you're doing a great job. You're sure giving thanks well enough, speaking in tongues. But there might be somebody around you who doesn't understand what it is. Okay? So then Paul goes on to say, But I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. <laughs> However, in the church I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may uh, instruct others also. Now, it's like, you know, just imagine if, we, if everybody got together and they were just all speaking in tongues to one another for an hour. I mean, you might, everybody, if you were doing it, you'd probably walk out edified, right? But, but, um, but you see what I'm saying? But Paul's basically saying the corporate gathering is for corporate edification. This is the heart of it all. It's not about legalities and rules. It's about the purpose of a corporate gathering is for the edification. But I really, I, I mean, I speak in tongues more than, more than you all, he says. And I'm, and I'm thankful for that. And so, um, you know, uh, let me see if I miss anything. So the, the, the list of the gifts that we see here, if you understand that they were actually explanations and not like, here's what God has to offer you, nine things. <laughs> it's not that. Nine things. Because, you know, in, in another place, he, he, he puts in like, uh, oh, there, there's apostles, there's prophets, there's miracle workers, and then there's these gifts. He's just putting all these gifts together. And so what he's really saying is desire the spiritual. Don't be afraid. Let God do whatever he wants. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, you won't ever be deceived. He's actually the spirit of truth. You can trust your father. You know, you're never going to go, God, I want all the things that you have to give me by your spirit. And then he's like, oops, the devil came in and deceived you. I couldn't do anything about it. That's absurd. You know, and if being smart enough and knowing the Bible well enough is your plan to avoid deception, it's not a very good one. Because Jesus said, the only way I'm going to get led into truth is that the, the Holy Spirit is going to guide me there. Isn't that amazing? So the gift of tongues. 
In a minute, I'm going to have you stand. I thought it'd be cool. I actually asked Dave to come. We were talking about this, and I thought it'd be cool for you to hear Dave's experience with tongues. Yeah, come on up, Dave. I want you to hear this, uh, this testimony, this story of Dave. Where's the other microphone at? Here he comes. So speaking in tongues, you speak directly to God. You edify yourself. It's a good word. But here, Dave, yeah, tell your story. So many of you know um, my story in that I didn't grow up in a church that believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they were for today. I grew up in a very conservative Baptist church. Um, but I had a friend who his dad was the youth pastor at a spirit-filled church. And so I would go there and think, man, it's weird, but God's moving. I can feel his presence like I'm not feeling in my own church. So I just kept pursuing. And, um, you know, I just just had a, I was very tender towards the Lord. And, um, and uh, one thing I, I saw in my own pursuit of the Lord is I just had an anointing on my life. I had an anointing on my life for worship. Um, you know, Brandon last week spoke that the real evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is power. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And and so I noticed that I just had power upon my life. There was a, a specific anointing on my life. And, and when I was in, <clears throat> in college, I was in a Christian band. And we would travel around doing concerts. And um, there was just an anointing. Um, we would go to big festivals and play with big names and and there were a couple times that the organizers would come up to us afterwards and said i love you guys coming because there is something just so different about you guys and um but one story in particular in regards to tongues is now i had never spoken in tongues at this point in my life but we were in the in the middle of the show and there was a girl that was at the front of the stage on her knees weeping. And in the middle of the show, I just went down and I kneeled down. I laid my hand upon her head. And in that moment, she threw her hands up and began to speak in tongues. And I found out later that in that exact moment, she was actually giving her life to Jesus. And wow. yet I had never spoken in tongues before myself. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Power. That's amazing. For me... Um, I, I, it, it was not until several years later that I, I was Lord, just, Lord. I said, Lord, I, I see it in the word. I see it's something that you have for us. I believe it's something you want for us. You want me to want it. And so if you want me to have this, I want it. I want it. And um, I went to a lot of meetings, really got touched by the Lord, but I never spoke in tongues in those meetings. And um, it took me going home and being with the Lord just by myself, on my knees. God, if you want me to speak in tongues, I want to speak in tongues. I want it. And I just heard him clearly speak out to me. Then open your mouth and speak. It was very simple. It wasn't like I was waiting for God to just completely invade my body and it was not me anymore at all. And it wasn't that. It was open your mouth and speak. Like, will you be obedient and just open your mouth and begin to speak? And that's the way it was for me. And now I've had moments where, man, it did feel like God just took over and I was just going. 
But that's not how it started with me. It was just obedience and the pursuit, the heart pursuit of God. I want it. That's powerful. So good. It's powerful because I love this because Dave had experienced the power of God, the Holy Spirit, but hadn't yet received the gift of tongues. But yet the anointing, the power, was there on his life already. And I think it's so cool that you know he lays hands on somebody. So he's carrying the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. And when he lays hands, she gets tongues, even though he never had. But it was it, it was just the gift that came with her baptism. And um, and I, and I call that sovereign. And I mentioned like last week. You know what? I, for the first time that I know of, anyway, probably the first time I recognized it. I saw a baptism in the Holy Spirit, which, which the, the gift that was outward was prophecy. Now, the power of God was on this young lady, but the gift she was flowing in was prophecy for probably at least a half an hour. Anybody who got around her, she prophesied. And I was like, well, that's amazing. And I was taught you had to have tongues. So, like, the way I grew up, we would have said, well, she didn't get it. She had an experience, but she didn't get the baptism of the Spirit. And I'm like, well, clearly she did, because power and then also a gift. And um, and so uh, that's amazing. Charles Finney had an experience where when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, power came on his life, preached the gospel, and it was the game changer. But uh, there's no record of him ever speaking in tongues. So yet, but what we're talking about today is a gift that is available. And people go, well, you don't speak in tongues to be, um, to be filled with the Spirit. But I'm like, I, yeah, totally. And, and I don't judge anybody's, walk with the Lord by whether they do or not. But I will say this, if there's a gift that I can build up my spirit as much as I want, as often as I want, I want it. And it's the only gift that's listed, at least, that is just for that. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, you know, my experience was, you know, I, I spoke in tongues, I, I mentioned that I spoke in tongues as a teenager, but um, when... When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire at 20, tongues just roared out of me that day. And it was different. It was different. It was like somebody turned open the, the fire hydrant, and I'm like, I don't know if I could have capped it off. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to. So, um, you know, but, um, but after that, there was a power. And then, and then I had this other experience where um, I'm just like to tell stories because it, it builds expectancy in, in your life, you know, and makes you hungry for more. And um, I was just hungry and wanted to see God do something in my little church. So I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show up early and pray before service. And so I went like an hour early or something. Nobody was there. And I went and found this little nook away in the back. And I was praying. And I came in. I was just praying. And, oh, God, come. Touch us today. Pour out your spirit in the meeting today. And I was just praying. And, and the pastor comes walking by. And he saw that. And he was like, Praise the Lord. I heard him all happy about that. And, um, and I just, you know what I mean? Like somebody came early to pray. And, um, and it was interesting because I was praying that God would pour out his spirit. And then the funny thing is that God decided to use me that day for that. And it was during, during worship, actually. And, and there was a, a lull. And then all of a sudden, I felt this like pressure just building up inside. And I, oh my, I couldn't hold it back. I was starting to like shake. And, and, and boom, like I just started to speak out in tongues. And it was like once I did, it just, it was more powerful than ever. And it just, 
it was like a rushing river coming out of me. And I was just being baptized in the Spirit all over again. And, um, and then I thought, whoa. And then it like passed and I just like melted. And um, sure enough, then an interpretation came. And it was a word for the body. On Revolution Street. Okay, it's a, it's a pretty crazy. There's a, the red light district is right across the street, and um, and there's a courtyard that we would get, uh, we would rent through the pastor there in Tijuana, and um, we would rent this big concrete stage in this courtyard, and everybody goes down there to party. It's kind of a pretty sketchy area, but we just get about a hundred spirit-filled people down there, and we'd play music and preach the gospel and prophesy and do words of knowledge. People get saved and healed. And, stuff so this one lady came, comes along and um, she was drunk she'd been drinking a bunch of alcohol well she gave her life to the Lord one of the students was uh, praying with her and she was still drunk <clears throat> and she says you want to receive the Holy Spirit she said yes I do it's through an interpreter she goes um, okay she goes well I'm going to pray for you and just begin to speak out whatever comes and, um, and so she prays and, the, and she saw this, like, look on the, on the lady's face, and she says, what did you hear? This is crazy. So this just shows you, like, out of the box, right? So she goes, what did you hear? And she goes, I didn't hear anything. I saw something. And she said, what did you see? And she said, I saw a writing that I've never seen before. It had, like, symbols and shapes and letters. And, and, um, and, she, and she goes... And this, this is like the wisdom of the Spirit in the moment. The student goes, well, what would it sound like if you read it? And the, and the lady closed her eyes, and she, she started to read it, and it was her prayer language. <laughs> How do you even read a language that you've never seen before? But, but by the Spirit, she saw this language, and she read it, and she began to speak in tongues. Isn't that Amazing. You know, I had, a, I had an experience when we were, um, when we were uh, having these, these outpours. We'd do these, these late night prayer meetings. And sometimes we'd just linger in the presence. And, um, and one night, I remembered, man, I was significantly touched by God. And I just went home with, like, the Holy Spirit just, like, just resting. Just, just like, being clothed in the presence. You, know, you can just feel Him all over you. And I remember we were, we were living up on 33rd Avenue. And uh, in Clear Lake, California, I was went to sleep late that night in my bed, and um, and all night it was like the spirit of God was hovering over me, and um, and I kept waking up. You know why? Because I heard somebody praying in tongues. It was me, and and I and I kept waking myself up because in my sleep I was praying in tongues, and I'd hear these tongues. Be I wake up, oh it's me, and then when I'd wake up, it was like that. It was these waves and waves and waves of God. It was the most beautiful, beautiful experience, and it, and it was just hovering over me all night, and 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 like and like a a, long, a good portion of the night with that, I'd fall back to sleep in the glory, and I'd wake up speaking in tongues, and these waves would be washing over me, and I'd fall back asleep, and I'd wake back up speaking in tongues, and. Um, and so I just want to encourage you to, you know, I just believe God is stirring a hunger. And, 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 and this gift has been significant in my own life, you know. And, um, and uh, sometimes, actually, I've noticed that 
there are different tongues that feel like different things are happening. So sometimes when it's really intense, like uh, intercession, you would call it, there's certain ones that I recognize. There's kind of one that's more often. It sounds so weird to somebody probably. You know what I mean? But, but there is. There's kind of one language I recognize that's kind of like every day, all the time. And there's a few others when different powerful things are happening. One sounds African. One sounds, uh, and I don't know if they are. I'm just saying what it sounds like to me, what it feels like. One feels Asian. Um, one, I'm almost sure, is some kind of like, it feels super Native American. And, um, and, uh, and down, it feels really powerful. Like there's a, and, and so God, who knows what God is doing. You know, you might be praying for a missionary in China when you allow yourself to just pray in tongues. You don't know. But when you avail yourself to God, one thing's for sure, you're speaking mysteries, you're being edified. Would you stand up today? Uh, (coughs) So today, um, there's just an impartation that's available. We don't just want to talk about things, but we want to let God do what he does. You know what I mean? And um, and we just want to make room. And and so today there's this room. And and uh, if you want to receive today from the Lord, maybe maybe you've been listening the last few weeks, and you're like, you know what, I'm I'm hungry for some of these gifts, and and I want a greater anointing for prophecy in my life, and and I, I really want the gift of prophecy to flow. Um, you know, one thing I love that Dave pointed out is that he was waiting sort of to be possessed by God to speak in tongues. But the Bible says they spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. So the Spirit gave the ability and the language, but they spoke. You speak. So it's a faith. And it's it's really, it's like anything. How do we prophesy? We prophesy in proportion to our... Everything in the kingdom is by faith. And so if it has to make sense here before I'm allowed to experience it, I'm just telling you that is the exact opposite of actually how the kingdom works. Because Jesus said, blessed are they who believe and have not seen. Faith is about believing in what is unseen. You believe what you heard when you don't understand how it works. This is childlike. If if I tell my little girl here that I'm going to take her you know, to get an ice cream cone, she's not wondering how it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I say I'm going to get you something, she's not like, where are you going to get the money? Where are you going to buy it? How are you going to do that? I don't know. I need to understand. You know what I mean? She's just like, yay! Huh, baby girl? And that's how we get to be with God. You know, it's like, God, you're going to do it? I don't, how? I don't know how. You're going to do it. Yay. You're going to do it. I don't have to. You will. And so all we get to do is make ourselves available, you know? Oh, come on, Spirit. What? Can we just receive? We kind of said, put your, sometimes we say, put your hands out like this, you know? It's your antennas. No, it's, it's, there's no, there's no, there's no spiritual importance really to your body position but but there is something I think we can do things that that kind of says you know what I do receive 
There is something when you respond physically. And, and so, um, I mean, and really, by, by just simply by doing that, you're saying you, you are opening up the receiving gate for yourself. You're saying, I want that. And so, just uh, go ahead and receive today. I just see the gifts of God being, being distributed, being poured out. And you know what? I love what Paul said to Timothy. Just keep receiving, okay? I'm not preaching now. This is ministry time. And, um, that, you know, as you're receiving, I just want to exhort and encourage you. You know, Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gifts that are within you. I think there are people here who you have, you have walked in gifts before in your life, and then maybe it's just not on the forefront. You still got it. You know what I mean? You still, you still have those gifts. They're irrevocable. God never takes them back. Um, but, but we get to stir them up. And I love that Paul even said that to a young apostle. You know, it's like, hey, Timothy, remember, stir up those gifts. I love that. That's legal. So we stir, I see the stir stick of the Holy Spirit. He gives it to you. You stir it up, you know. And, uh, and I just see a, a, like a rekindling even of that hunger and that fire. And I see that God this morning is, is restoring even um, a, a just permission to be childlike. Childlike in the things of God. Childlike in relationships. Childlike in life. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and so, uh, go ahead and just receive. Hey, hey, if, if you haven't received the, the gift of tongues, you know what? You just might get that this morning. You know? And so I, we just release that in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you're the baptizer, that you're the gift giver, Father. See? In Jesus' name. Sometimes I just make a little sound when the Lord hits me. So, um, so more, Lord. And uh, why don't you just go ahead? Why don't you just begin to release a sound to the Lord? Go ahead. You release a sound to the Lord. Hey. Hey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, Lord.
the Lord is saying, why do you stand at the threshold of a door that I've opened before you? Why do you stand there looking? Because you can't see anything. You can turn around and look what's behind you, and you can see everything. But I've opened a door before you that you won't see anything until you step through the door. Then you will see. (laughs) So So take, take the step. Yeah, let's do that. Let's take a step today together, okay? We step forward. Thank you, God. We step in. That's powerful. Isn't that amazing? We were just talking about tongues interpretation, and that just happened. Wow. More, Lord. More, Lord. just in the upright live by faith. Mm. Faith is what will cause you to see mm. as you step through the door. Thank you, Buck. Lord, we, so we just pray. You got something there? Yeah, please. I'd like to give a testimony of a situation that happened at uh, home group. This was probably 1990, a long time ago. And this lady had never come to our group before. And um, <clears throat> she was married to a pastor. And they were separated. And um, he had begun considering the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, uh, like David. And so he began to teach it. But his wife was so opposed to it, they ended up separating. Oh, wow. So at the end of that session, I just, I didn't, I'm not sure if I knew her story or not. I'd only met her the first time, that one night. And, uh, but at the end of the session, I asked, is anybody interested in receiving the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. And this lady said yes. And so um, <clears throat> I gave her some instructions about, you know, just about what I, whatever I said. And, um, <clears throat> and I said, I want you to open, open your mouth like you're going to take a drink. Take a deep breath and then just open your mouth and start to speak. But don't speak words you know. In fact, only, you know how... An orchestra, sometimes the leader goes, he starts tapping the podium. That's the getting in the spirit, and it's telling his, uh, the orchestra, okay, at the fourth tap, we're going to start. Oh, right. Something like that. And so I said, just say um, the, the vowels, A-E-I-O-U, something like that. Nothing that's, that's understandable. And so she started doing that, and then... About the fourth time, it broke out into a heavenly language I'd never heard. It was just as sweet as the most gracious thing. It was, it was heaven's language just descending on this woman and out of her mouth. That was really, That's really powerful. impressive. Thank you, Lord. Um, uh, yeah. Thank you, Father. Paul said, though we speak with tongues of men or angels. So, yeah, let's just keep receiving. Lord, we just thank you. Yeah.
can we just put on some uh, music in the back, please? And um, we're going to have a time receiving. And uh, as we do, um, if, if you're hungry today and you're, and you're saying, you know what, I want to receive more, uh, either the baptism of the Spirit or the, the gift of tongues, some, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, come forward, we're going to lay hands on you today. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and, and you're going to receive. And, um, but I do want to say, if you're here today, I do want to give an opportunity. If you don't know the Lord, if you've never been born again, you don't know what that means. And, uh, but you want to say yes to Jesus Christ today. And, and you want to say, I don't know what it means, but I feel drawn by him and I'm, I'm ready to follow him. If that's you today and you're away from the Lord, then I, w- I want to ask you if you'll raise your hand right now and just signal to us and say, that's me today. That's me today. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Are you raising your hand? Yeah, come on. Let's let's welcome her to the kingdom. Yeah, God. Yeah, God bless you.